0: Hello, and welcome to the Natural Christian Mamas podcast. We are so glad you're taking the time to listen in today. Our prayer is that this podcast will be an encouragement to you along your journey with Christ. As Natural Christian Mamas, we love Jesus. We embrace a natural lifestyle, and we are raising children to be world changers. We invite you to join our online community group on Facebook, And to check out our resources on our website at www.naturalchristianmamas.org. Well, hello there. It is Jackie. I am so excited that you're here with me. We're going to be talking about obedience today. Um, Obedience, I'm not talking about parenting. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm simply talking about our relationship with God. So the Natural Christian Mamas podcast isn't just necessarily for natural moms. Um, part of what we do here is is our goal is to disciple. And so this podcast, this is a teaching. And so I would really encourage you to grab your Bible so you can follow along with me when we read Judges today. And a notebook if you like to journal. And just really take time to draw near to the Lord as I share this teaching with you. And obviously, with any other teacher, it's really important that you take the words that I say and you go to God with them and ensure that, you know, I'm speaking biblically, that I am speaking truth. And ultimately realize that, you know, I'm a pastor, Um, I'm a leader, a church leader, a ministry leader, and, you know, I'm just a person. And so while I believe the things that I'm going to share with you today were given to me by God to share, I am a human and I mess up and that's okay too. And so just as you have grace for your pastor that you learn from every single week, I am asking you to also have grace for me. Um, as we walk through this journey of what it means to be a Christian um, together, because that's what it is—we're a community—and so we are going to talk about obedience today. That is our like keyword for the lesson, the teaching, whatever you'd like to call it today. So, if you go ahead and open up your Bibles to Judges four, we're going to read verses one all the way down to twenty three. I believe I have the NIV version here. Um, And sometimes people ask, like, oh, what's the best version of the Bible and the translation? And really whichever one you're going to read is the best. Um, There are word-for-word translations and thought for thought and kind of somewhere in between. Most Bibles, if you go to the front, it'll actually have a section on how it was translated. And I find that's very helpful in knowing if this is a Bible that I want to engage in or not. So I encourage you to Know which translation you have and know how it was actually translated. What what is that process? How did it happen? Because every translation actually is different. Let us go ahead and get to Judges 4 verses 1 to 23. Let us begin. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lepidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She went, she sent for Barak, son of Abim-Noam, from Kadesh in Nephtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you ten thousand men of Nephtali and Zebulun, "'and lead them to Mount Tabor. "'I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, "'with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River "'and give him into your hands.' "'Brock said to her, "'If you go with me, I will go. "'But if you don't go with me, I won't go.' "'Certainly I will go with you,' said Deborah. "'But because of the course you are taking, "'the honor will not be yours.' the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went und- up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Haber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zennenum near Kadesh. When they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinom, had gone to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned for Herosheth Hagoim, to the Kishon River. All his men and his nine hundred chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down, Mount, went, went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Herosheth Haggaiim and all Sisera's troops. Fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Haber the Canaanite, or sorry, Kenite. Because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Haber the Kenite, Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Give me some water. She opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there? Say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple and into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera, with the tent peg through his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin king of Canaan before the Israelites. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. That's a lot. There is a lot going on in that passage. And a lot of words that, well, are not very common (laughs) to our normal English everyday language. So let's go ahead and chat a bit about some of the things that the Lord shares through this story. Trust comes from relationship. And it comes from knowing someone. If someone just showed up to you and said, come on, follow me like, just some random person, like, you probably wouldn't, right? You wouldn't be like, okay, random dude. Like, you know, we we tell our kids, like, don't talk to strangers, <laughs> you know, don't get in some random dude's car. Like, that's just kind of, like, common knowledge, um, and we as women are often told to always be aware of our surroundings and be aware of what's going on around us, and, you know, we just have some sort of a slight distrust of strangers, Um, which, I mean, we live in a fallen world, so fair enough. But over time, like our relationships, when we meet somebody and then build the relationship, right, that becomes something, a person that we can trust. We can trust their words. So if your husband comes up to you and says, get in the car, you're going to jump in the car and you're going to go, right? Makes sense. So just like our trust in the Lord, just like our trust in God, right, it comes from our relationship with him. When we experience God showing up time and time again in our lives, right, then we Know that he is good. We know that he will take care of us because he's done it before. We can trust that no matter what he asks of us, that he will show up and he will provide. In the passage that we read today, we learn about Deborah. We don't often hear messages about her. At least I haven't. And yet God used her in a big way. Her story should inspire us, but it can't inspire us if we don't know it. Prior to God using kings to rule, the Israelite people had judges to lead them. Judges are chosen by God. They are appointed to rule justly over the nation of Israel. Deborah, which interestingly enough means honeybee or wasp, I think is another translation. But I like honeybee because natural Christian mama is all that. Deborah was the first and only female judge. She was a wife, judge, prophet, mother, leader. To be both prophet and judge would mean that she was well-respected by the people and that she was following Yahweh, which Yahweh is the more specific name of God, right? The commentary that, one of the commentaries that I read while I was preparing this this teaching said it this way, the people recognized her, her wisdom, so Deborah's wisdom, and come to her for counsel and conflict resolution. The military hierarchy recognizes her as supreme commander, and in fact, will only go to war on her personal command. Her governance is so good that the land had rest or peace for 40 years, a rare rare occurrence at any point in Israel's history. Deborah stepped into a role that uh, didn't exist for women, and she obeyed the Lord. And he used her to save the Israelites. This is something we can hear. We can all hear and learn from. This isn't just a female lesson. This is just a lesson for all believers. God may call you to step into something that doesn't exist yet. He called Deborah to step into a role that didn't exist. And God might do the same for you. He might be calling you to do something that you've never even considered. You might be calling your children into something that you never considered. So as we raise our children, we need to ensure that we're giving them, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? My favorite line in her story is in Judges 5, in the victory song of Deborah. And it reads this it says, Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. I just, just that line. I love how she stepped into her calling and the people responded. What stands out most in the story is is her obedience to God. The scriptures don't really talk about her early journey and how she learned to serve God, but we can see how how she listened to, she was, sorry, how she was listened to respected, and ultimately how she was used by God. And her story is a result of her obedience. And that obedience comes from a deep relationship with God. Obedience is living out God's word, both the Bible and what the Holy Spirit tells you, which should always line up with the Bible, of course. It's truly living by faith. We can say we believe what the Bible says. We can, you know, tell everybody. We can have the, you know, Jesus fish on our car. We can have the scriptures shared on our social media. We can even read the Bible every single day, but we need to actually be living it out. JL is also an important part of this story. She is responsible for the death of Sisera. She lured him into her tent and killed him with a tent peg. Brock wanted to kill him, but Deborah prophesied that he would be killed by the hand of a woman. And sure enough, he was. The whole passage reminds me of the scene in in Lord of the Rings where the Lord of the Nazgul is wiping out their armies. And, um, you know, he was a creature that no man could kill. Right. Strong man cowered at the sight of him. And the movie Eowyn Stands up to this evil creature. Now I know the book is different and I know the speech is different, but movie wise, Eowyn stands up to this evil creature and she whips off her helmet and says, I am no man. And she slays him dead on the battlefield, right? She killed a creature that no man could kill. And I just, it just reminds me of this same type of, of thing of God using women to do things that otherwise may not have been done. And this isn't all like, woo, girl power, you know, message. But it is a good reminder that God uses both men and women to do absolutely incredible things for him and for his kingdom. And we need to remember that, that God can use anyone and everyone to further his plan. As long as we're walking in obedience with him. So these women, Deborah and Jael, were God-led and emboldened to do what he called them to do. Even when no one else had done it before, they were obedient fully and completely. Obedience comes from relationship. I cannot truly follow God into the unknown if I don't have a relationship with him. I need to know certain key truths about who God is and in order to truly trust him and follow him with everything. And I think we know that, right? Like we, most of us have, have kids and, and we just can't jump from whim to whim. We have to truly know that God is with us for us to, say, sell our house and move into an RV or move across the country or whatever that looks like. So think about your best friend or, as I said before, your spouse. It's really easy for you to trust them because you know them deeply. They've proven themselves to you over and over, and you are sure that they have your best interests at heart. And the same is true for God. The more we know him, the more we learn to trust him. And the easier it is to be obedient. Knowing his character is important for our obedience. We can see the theme of obedience time and time again in the Bible. Here are just a few examples abraham is willing to sacrifice isaac abraham knew god was a god of a god of life and renewal because of his relationship with god and he knew that he could fully trust god so when god told abraham to sacrifice isaac abraham obeyed he knew that even if he had sacrificed his son that god could resurrect him we are called to obedience even when it doesn't make sense The prophet Huldah, the king's priests and attendants sought a word from God, from Huldah. She obediently spoke of the truth, even when it was about destruction. The word she spoke could have cost her greatly. So we have to be obedient, even when it's not comfortable. In the story of Noah, Noah had a relationship with God. Again, obedience through relationship. Genesis 6, 9 says this, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Noah built an ark, we know that, and prepared a place for many animals, even though everyone laughed at him. He wasn't clear what the future held, but he did know that God, what God told him to do. And so he did it. We are called to be obedient. Even when we are stepping into the unknown and we might be scared and we might be ridiculed and no one knows what's happening, right? Like we are still called to be obedient. The Egyptian midwives. These midwives were commanded by Pharaoh to kill all male Hebrew babies, but they refused. And they, they told Pharaoh I love this part. They told Pharaoh that Hebrew women's labor was just too quick because they were lively. And so the babies were born before the midwives arrived. It's so funny. But the point is, is that what we can learn from this is that we have to be obedient, even if it's against the government. And I know that's hard, but God's law is of utmost importance. And we have to obey God's law and we have to obey the urgings of the Holy Spirit. And we have to honor our government and our leaders and pray for them. But at the same time, I mean, we see the disciples in jail all the time and eventually they were killed because they were obedient to the word of God. And that's what we have to do. So we have to be obedient, even if it's against the government. Ananias and his obedience to the dream that scared him. Okay, so um, he was a disciple of Jesus, and he received a dream with instructions to go and find Paul, right? Paul um, saw Paul, that guy who was, you know, out there killing all the Christians and arresting them and all of that. So at this time, he was Paul had received, um, Jesus showed up to him and blinded him. And so Ananias was told to go find Paul and pray over him so he could regain his sight and then teach him about Jesus. And like I said, Paul was was known for persecuting Christians. So Ananias was understandably afraid at first. I would have been. But we are called to be obedient, even if it puts us in danger. The disciples When we read of Jesus calling the disciples, we literally read about them leaving their lives and going, dropping their nets and just leaving to follow Jesus. We need to be obedient, even if it means giving up something and even when it hurts. God has not called us to a life of of comfort and ease. He has called us to be obedient to him in the good times and in the bad times. He has called us to be obedient to him when life is easy and when life is hard. There are plenty of other examples of obedience in the Bible. Obedience isn't usually the easy path. It's the narrow way. But there is a promise. From obedience comes blessing. All the people we just spoke about received blessings from the Lord for their obedience. In Genesis twenty two, fifteen to eighteen it says the angel of the Lord, which usually means Jesus, pre incarnate Jesus, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And as the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities, of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And then in Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And then we have in 1 Samuel 15 to 22, a reminder that obedience is better than sacrifice. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Oftentimes when we just disobey, it comes back to that age old question that the enemy says to us. Did God really say that? Did he? Are you making it up? Right. This is the same thing he asked Eve in the garden. Did God really say not to eat the fruit? But a little bite can't hurt, can it? (laughs) Did God really say that? Hmm. I know for me that's really true. Oftentimes I know God has told me to do something. But then doubt creeps in. Disobedience comes when we choose self and our flesh over God and his word. Often it can be because we value the things that we have more than we value what God is asking us to do. Other times it is from a place of fear. Sometimes we just really don't know what God is calling us to do and therefore we just don't do anything. We just keep living our life. If I'm a Christian, will I always struggle with disobedience? I think the answer is yes. Um, there'll be times where we struggle. We all struggle with choosing ourselves instead of choosing God when we react in anger instead of responding with the fruit of the spirit, for example, or when we don't choose to honor God with the gifts and treasures he's given us, or even when he calls us to speak the gospel of someone and we just kind of say no, because we're scared or we don't have time, right? That That's disobedience. It's little, but it's there. It's important, though, to give yourself grace. You know, if you can see times, if you look back and you can see times in your life where, where you have been disobedient, God knew you were going to choose that. And he is still going to call you in the future to be obedient. We all have a chance to choose obedience daily one big thing that I struggle with when it comes to obedience is knowing that God will provide for my family, right? Um, Recently, (laughs) I stepped away from my position at my church. So I am still a pastor. I started a house church, Um, but I stepped away from my paid position um, to step into something new because God called me into something new. And It's very, very scary. But I know that that's what he was calling me to do. And I'm going to be obedient to that, even when it's scary. So let's remember what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 31 to 33. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Amen. God calls us to radical obedience, a drop your nets and follow me type of obedience. And he calls all of us, not just pastors, not just missionaries, but every single one of us to a life of radical obedience. This isn't just a God called me to go on a mission trip. So I did it and I moved on. No, this is an every single day living with a biblical worldview in your friendships, in your family relationships, in your workplace, in your church, online. You, know, you are to live. We are to live. With this type of obedience, right? When we walk in obedience, it's hard. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it makes no sense. And the world is against us. The enemy is against us, right? It might seem like the world is against you. That's because it is. (laughs) Like just real talk. And please be aware that spiritual warfare is a very real thing. And we need to be aware and prepared for that. Ephesians 6 reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. So when you look at the world and you look at everything, remember, our battle isn't against other people who were made in the image of God. Our battle is against so much more than that. It's a spiritual battle of wickedness, of good and evil that is being played out right before our eyes in the world. But no matter what, when God tells you to do something, there is only one option. I mean, there are two options, but really there's only one good option, and that's to do it. And I've been reminded lately as I walk in obedience and I'm dealing with various pushback from different things that I shouldn't doubt in the darkness what the Lord told me in the light. I'm going to say that again and you're going to write it down. (laughs) Don't doubt in the darkness what the Lord told you in the light because the Lord probably told you something. And then you walked in it and it got hard and you doubted. Did God really say that? Make sure other people know what the Lord has told you in the light so they can come alongside you and remind you. Write it down. Write down those dreams. Write down those visions. Write down anything the Lord gives you so you can look back on those things and be encouraged. Obedience is faith in action. It's faith in motion. Your faith isn't doing much if it just sits in your head. If you truly have faith, you will move from thought to action. Obedience stems, again, from our relationship with God. We can feel confident following him into the unknown because, well, because we know him deeply. So when he tells you to quit your job and you don't have another job, when he tells you to do anything crazy, you you can do it because of him. Because of him, we can stand up and do something when the world is sitting down. How many people know of Jesus, but don't, know, don't truly know him intimately? And so I have some practical steps that we can think of, we can put into practice based on the teaching and discussion we've had today. So first, pray for God to speak to you. Read the Bible and know his voice, because that's the place to start. Don't just pray and ask him to speak to you. Read the Bible, because he has spoken. And he does continue to speak, like pray and ask him to speak to you, but get to know his voice in the Bible and ask him to speak to you. Um, You can consider getting a journal, like I said, and writing things down in some manner. So sometimes I actually, I'll email myself a dream so I can always have access to it, or I'll put it in my notes section of my phone so that way I can reference it. But this way you can re- review this, like when it's, like it's important to go back and review the things that God has shown you and told you. Three, open your heart for Jesus to be at the center and put yourself as second. Four, obedience in little things sets you up to be obedient in the big things. So start by obeying what the Bible tells you, first and foremost, like what the Bible teaches. Make sure you're standing in line with the things that God has asked you to do in the Bible. And then it'll set you up for being able to be obedient in the big things. And then five, be ready be ready for an adventure. Because once you say yes to God, man, it just... It's amazing and it's incredible and it's wonderful and it's an adventure and you don't even know what's going to happen, but you can trust that he is good and that he will always take care of you. So when God shows up and says, let's go, we have two options. We can be obedient and go or we don't. But if you do, I promise I promise my friends that you'll find yourself on an adventure of a lifetime with Yahweh guiding you every step of the way. And as moms, especially your children are looking at you. So we can tell them all the time, follow Jesus, read your Bible, be obedient to Christ. But more importantly, we need to be doing it so they know what that looks like. So let's go ahead and pray. And then, yeah, I'll just let you go have a good day. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your message, for your reminder to be obedient. We thank you for your life that showed us what obedience looks like. That you were obedient to to death, the death on a cross. Like You were obedient. And as we strive to be Christ-like, as we strive to know you better and to follow after you, Lord, we just pray that you would help us to choose obedience and to have the faith to walk that out. Lord, we just pray that this coming week, you would just show us, show us your love, remind us what it looks like to be in deep relationship with you. Help us to have the energy and the, and make the time to ensure that we're reading our Bibles, that we're getting into the word, that we are connecting with you and praying to you and just having a conversation with you. Lord, we want to do life with you by our side, guiding us, surrounding us. So Lord, help us to choose obedience in all areas of our lives. Help us to live in radical obedience to you. Thank you, God, just for everything. And thank you for this reminder. And we just praise you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, This has been Jackie. You can follow me. um, Obviously, you can find me in the Natural Christian Moms community group. Um, I have a good bit of blog posts on our website, NaturalChristianMamas.org, And you can also follow me on Instagram at jacksscriv, J-A-X-S-C-R-I-V. Um, I just post stuff about my kids mostly, but, (laughs) but there you go. You can come find me and, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you and just drop me a message and let me know how God is leading you and what he is calling you to be obedient to. Um, and just how I can support you and pray for you. Cause I am praying for you, friend. All right. Well, have a good one. Bye.